0: I know we're about to have so much fun together, so thank you so much for pushing play today, and now let's begin. I can't believe it's been almost two years since I've last hosted a live training. Well, consider this a manifestation because for the first time in almost two years, I'm hosting a live three-day money manifestation training called Cash Flow. You can sign up for this free training at manifestationbabe.com slash cashflow. Again, that's manifestationbabe.com slash cashflow. We start May 15th and I can't wait to see you there. Okay, babe, are you ready to go into the birth story of Orion King O'Keefe?
1: If he lets us get through the next 30 to <laughs> minutes to 90 minutes or whatever it is that we record podcasts for.
0: We are doing the best that we can to time this podcast around a nap and baby boys just been awake for the last hour and a half and we're just staring at each other and like, I probably changed three diapers, two onesies. We're like rocking him right now. I can see him yawning and his eyes are closing, but then he'll like open them again and make some grunts. So um, all of you guys who, and there's very, very few of you who leave me comments about lip smacking and how much you hate on my podcast. I'm sorry to inform you, but you're now going to have to get used to a newborn on my podcast and Sorry but not sorry. So <laughs> let's dive into this birth story, babe. Um, I asked Brennan to get on here with me because I know for a fact we're th- almost, we're like, wait, no, we're like
1: days. Uh, 16 days,
0: 16 days after birth, but 18 days after labor started. So if you've ever given birth in your entire life, you know that that's like a vortex that you can get lost into. Like, it feels like it was an hour, even though my labor was 43 hours long. So I need to have someone who is not having contractions <laughs> and to help me uh, share the story. And of course, who better could I have thought of than my amazing husband, life partner, birth partner, and the one who is there seeing all of this craziness happen? Um, do you remember what we were doing August 4th? That whole day when we went – when I went into labor because all I remember is Dr. Rad.
1: Yeah, all I remember is Dr. Rad too. Okay, so
0: I think we should start there. So –
1: Why don't you talk about at first the providers that we have to kind of paint the scene?
0: Okay, so um, – Well, this is kind of where I want to get started because the people are going to come up throughout the whole story, but I don't want to spend like the whole time painting the picture because I talk about just go on my Instagram any random day and I'm constantly giving shout outs to my birth team and tagging them. So you're going to learn. And if you go to my highlights, like any of my highlights that have to do with pregnancy or or Orion, like you're going to see my midwife, my doula, Dr. Rad, who is the ultrasound tech uh, tech, Jesus Christ. He's an amazing board certified Uh, OBGYN, who um, does a lot of high-risk pregnancies. There's a lot more credit in the ultrasound tech, but he does do my ultrasound. So I just, yeah. Um, Anyway, and then Dr. Crane, who is my OBGYN, who ended up delivering Orion, which, yes, I did end up delivering in a hospital (laughs) where a lot of you guys are asking, like, wait a second, Catherine, what happened? Because you were so set on your home birth. Okay. So August 4th, I was 40 weeks and four days. Um, wait, hold on. That was a Thursday, 40 weeks and three days. And I specifically remember, okay, I remember doing a Q&A, like either the day before or this day. And someone said something about like how it's dangerous for me to go over 40 weeks or something like that. I just remember like my midwife and doula getting pissed and like being like, oh, my God, not the due date calculation bullshit. Um, anyway, so I was four days overdue and I was honestly set on him coming like between August 8th to 11th and Almost every single person in my life—the doula, the midwife, everybody—were like, "I think he's coming like August 10th, August 11th." And I'm like, "Yeah." When I first got pregnant with him, I got this message that he was going to be 10 days late, so I had no idea, no, like, no. it, It took me by surprise, honestly, that I didn't go that much overdue, and I was only three days overdue. So I remember. Do you remember, like? Actually, even like the weekend before and the week before, I started having like spotting I started having more consistent, more frequent Braxton Hicks. Do you remember? Like, I would have to breathe through a couple of them. But I remember Lori teaching us that a contraction comes with like period cramps, and so I never like thought that I was going into labor. It was just like more frequent Braxton Hicks.
1: Yeah, and you just emptied your bowels into the toilet, like oh my god, and then you were like the Brandon, diarrhea. Um, what's going on here? Yeah,
0: the diarrhea. So I had signs of labor starting at 39 weeks. So we I were had- in.
1: We were well. We. <sighs> What we now know is there's different, uh, shout out the guys out there who listened to the last podcast. You're about to get an education, because I didn't know any of this, but there's like pre labor, early labor, and then like there's all these different stages of it. It's not just one thing. So I say that because like early labor and pre-labor are two different things. Right, so pre labor comes before early labor. Pre labor is in like the days and or weeks leading up to early labor. So that now we know that that was that was pre labor. Yeah, we just didn't know at the time. We thought it was like the pre pre labor. We thought it was like the well, pre pre like you know the the party before the party before the after party. But it was really the game time. So yeah.
0: So on this particular day, I remember in the evening, I started having those period. No, even the few, again, even a few days before I started having period cramps, yeah. but no contractions with them. Like I did not have Braxton Hicks with them, but on this particular day, I think it was around eight, seven, eight 8 PM on Thursday, August 4th, I started to get contractions with period cramps. And on this day, um, because I was going overdue. And because of something else, I forgot. Abby, my midwife, wanted something scanned by Doctor Rad, and so we literally had. Isn't it the
1: water? Isn't it your? Isn't it to make sure the the fluid is intact? Oh yeah,
0: because I thought it was leaking. Jeez, this is why I have Brendan here. I thought it was leaking, and we like swabbed me, and I sent pictures to Abby, and she was like, "Just in case, let's have Doctor Rad check you out because you're GBS positive." Um, we don't want to put you at risk for infection because if this is your water leaking, then we need to start labor. Basically, so we're going to induce starts. you, but midwife induced, not right. like Pitocin at a hospital, like castor oil, or like there's like a midwife's brew or something or pumping, like pumping your uh, or nipples. Or walking. <laughs> no, curb walking is like to get baby in position, which obviously didn't work for me. <laughs> so we'll get to that later. Um, so... He, Yeah, I feel those contractions. And then Dr. Rad comes over at like 10 p.m., right? comes over at 10 p.m. on Thursday, August 4th. And he starts doing an ultrasound. We start doing um, a stress test, a non-stress test, just to see, just to make sure, see where the leak is or whatever. And he was like, girl, you got so much fluid in here. You are definitely not in labor. Baby is so high. And I'm like, no, I think I'm in labor because I'm starting to feel contractions with period cramps, but okay. And I will say the whole appointment that he was here, I was having no contractions it like paused which i then learned that every time you go like every time a new person walks into the room in the birth space or you go into a new position or something i don't know if you can hear orion's hiccups right now but they're so cute
1: he may scream soon just fyi
0: yeah we're just we're just gonna we might pause we might take a break we might soothe him on who knows okay this is just our life now we're we have a two-week-old okay so um where was Dr. I? Dr. Rad. Dr. Rad, yes. He was like, you're definitely not in labor. And I'm, and I'm like, you know what? The contraction stopped. You're, you're probably right. Like, maybe this was just another pre-labor thing. And we're like, okay. He leaves. And as soon as he walks out the door, boom, contractions with those period cramps. And starting to get – no, we started to time them. Yeah. Because we learned from Lori, like, if you feel some consistency, intensity, frequency, just start timing them. But remember, labor is five one one five minutes apart for one minute long for For a whole hour. That's how you know you're in that labor stage. Like you're in labor for sure. So we started to time them. And I remember they started to get so intense. I had to go into the shower, even then that early stage. Remember, I was in the shower and you were calling Lori.
1: Yeah, I do remember that. And I felt that was a bit later, though. I think the like the lead up to that was they were getting more and more intense. And it was like 11
0: p.m., babe. And
1: yeah, that's true.
0: 11, that was like an hour after Dr. Rad left. That's true. And do you remember how Lori, Abby, and Johanna were at a birth like the day before? Yes. And when I started leaking fluid, which I thought was my which ended up not being my actual fluid and ended up being to be honest, discharge and seminal fluid because we did have sex that the night before and I think that's what induced me into labor. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I guess that works. If you're overdue right now and you're desperate to get the baby out, just do the deed, okay? Because obviously <laughs> it worked. And um, and I remember jokingly about to text my birth squad and be like, Hey, guys, I know you just left a birth. Are you in the mood for another... And then nothing happened that whole day. And so then that night I'm like, oh my God, I feel so bad for them. They barely have slept and they're about to come to my birth and I'm a first time mom and it's for sure going to be longer than, you know, the second time mom, third time mom that they tell me stories about, which are like one to three hour labors. Like you have
1: to hold your legs or the baby's going to fall out short.
0: Yeah. And it's very common. And, you know, they're like, get ready, Catherine, for your next birth. It's definitely going to be shorter than 43 hours. And I'm like, thank God. So um, I remember you calling Lori in the shower.
1: And to add to that story, uh, Kath, first of all, Lori Bregman is uh, our whole team. and We'll Hire talk her. about all them. Like <laughs> Lori Bregman uh, is an earth angel, as is Abby Vittekin, as is Dr. Crane, as is Dr. Stephen Radd, like as is Johanna, J- as is everyone that we encountered in this space. As this story continues, you'll realize that what we had expected uh, what we had planned for, it didn't go according to plan. And it was so beautiful the way that it ended up going. Oh my but, gosh. but, but what I really want to get at is Lori Bregman has a beautiful course for partners and uh, for expecting partners. Um, and she is well, it's
0: mostly for expecting moms, but there is a segment for, sorry, ex- excuse me. Partners. Yeah,
1: Catherine and I watch everything together. So a uh, great opportunity to bond with your wife. She's carrying a baby. She's doing a lot of the hard work. And you think that you're doing hard work because of her emotions, but you are missing out, brother. You have no idea what's going on. So (laughs) I highly recommend that you take the courses that your wife buys, your girlfriend, your partner, whoever it is, uh, takes. Um, and I'm taking this, this Lori Bregman course and she tells, um, this story, uh, kind of this anecdote, if you will, of like, People calling her, telling her that uh, they're in labor and they need her to come. And she says, okay, okay, I'll be there soon. And she shows up at their front door. And the woman in labor, I'm I'm not sure who she is, but the woman in labor is like, oh, hi, Lori. Good afternoon. How are you? Like, I made cookies. Do you want some tea? How can I help you? And Lori literally is like, I'm going home and turns around and walks away. Because the point is, is that in that early labor and that pre-labor stage – you really want to just hold off as much as you can. You want to rest. You want to recharge. You want to sleep. You want to basically fill your body up with energy for the hard parts. And so when Catherine started to get contractions after Dr. Dr. Rad left, my brain was like, don't call Lori. Don't call Lori. Don't call Lori. Don't call Lori. This is, this is either- I know. Pre- I was
0: so afraid to bother them. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> this was pre-labor oh, eh, 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 or early labor, and I was convinced that it was super early, but Catherine was feeling it, it oh, was and feeling was it. feeling it hard. I was
0: grown in already in the shower. And
1: it wasn't like all these YouTube videos that we've seen where someone is like on their bouncy ball, kind of like, uh, for like an hour. There was none of that. No. It was like straight to like, oh, this really freaking hurts, uh, help. And then the next level was just like put me in hot water. So it was a quick escalation. And then when I called Lori.
0: Yeah, you were talking to Lori. I was in the shower. I think I already grabbed my combs at this point. You did. I I had combs. So get combs, combs. Everyone's like, what are combs? Combs are literally what you brush your hair with, those kind of combs. And you hold them um, in such a way where you're when you're getting contractions, you're squeezing your hands and you're applying the the bristle part. I, I don't know how, how to call it. Bristles, right?
1: Yeah, I guess. Teeth.
0: Okay. Teeth. There we go. The teeth of the comb, you are applying pressure to your palms in such a way where it is supposed to take, supposed to trick your brain into directing, um, like, like to confuse your, well, I can't even talk, man. This is like postpartum right now. It's I'm like realizing, biting onto a towel. Yeah. I'm like realizing that my brain is like totally not working the same as I'm recording this podcast. I'm like, wait, I haven't had to like talk to anybody and make sense in two weeks. And now I'm realizing that I'm not making sense. So bear with me. Anyway, I have my combs and the hot water is already helping. And I'm like, wow. And now I see why people say that water is second to an epidural, like getting into a bath or a shower, do it. Okay. Do it. Whether you're laboring at home to go to a hospital later, or you're having a home birth, get in the water. Unfortunately, because I was GBS positive and because they thought my water broke, I was not allowed to go into a bathtub. And I so wish I was like, I was just dreaming about my bathtub, but honestly, I think the shower was more comfortable because when I was having those intense contractions, our bathtub is way too small and way too hard. Like, remember how I'd have to flip? It was crazy. So anyway, Lori comes over.
1: Oh, quick note one. I just want to say one thing, which is when we get to the part of our story, I just want to say there are bathtubs also often in medical facilities and
0: birthing centers.
1: Well, even at Where we were. So there was a bathtub in the back there. And I would probably if you have a plan to do a more medical route at birth.
0: We're telling our birth story. We're not giving advice right now. Otherwise, this podcast will be three hours long, typical to us. And let's just let's just get into our story and not like all the options that people have. Because I think that would be a separate podcast of like I could honestly I could interview Abby and Lori and talk about this. Let's talk about our birth story. Okay because we, we haven't even gotten into it. <laughs> okay. So Lori comes over and I remember being in the shower and then she helps me. I don't remember getting out. Somehow I got out and she sent us to bed. She's like, you guys need to sleep between contractions. Like, you know, shit's going to get real. And as of right now, I can tell that if I just coach you through breathing through them, you'll be fine. And so I turn on my hypno babies, um, which I did start start the hypnobabies tracks. And I did have my combs in bed and she got me a hot heating pad. She laid us in bed. And I do remember sleeping between contractions for like three, four, five to seven max minutes at a time. Um, And Lori would occasionally come and check on me and she would coach me through breathing through them. And whatever she did for early labor that like, before we got into active, so worked to the point where I did get some rest in bed. Mind you, the night before this, um, I had insomnia and I woke up at 3 a.m. and I never went back to bed. So I've already been awake for pretty much 24 hours by this point that Lori's coaching me how to breathe through these contractions. So even though I'm getting a little bit of rest, it's really not that much. And I remember around 7 a.m., Lori was like, I know you're going to hate me for this and you don't have to do this, but I highly recommend we all go for a walk. And I'm just like, are you freaking kidding me? Where is Abby? I'm ready for the bath. Like, get me in there and I'm ready to push this baby out. It's just this like, what, 7 a.m., right? a.m. This is 8 just 7 a.m. <laughs> this is only like 12 hours in. And we go on a walk. Somehow I get dressed. I remember barely having the energy to get dressed. So I just wore whatever I was wearing and Brennan slipped his big sweater um, on me And I'm walking with my combs. He has the dogs. Lori has me. Literally, I'm like using Lori as my leash. Every time I'd get a a contraction, I would like grab onto her. And somehow she was like coaching me uh, how to walk through these contractions. And I'm like, okay. And so, of course, it hurts like a bitch to walk through them, but it is a nice distraction. We're outside, fresh air. I think we walk for like an hour. We maybe walk like two or three blocks, but it takes us a whole hour because I'm walking so slow. Yeah. And I will tell you, my eyes were like down the entire time. Like, I just, I never looked up. I remember always being very internal, eyes closed, eyes down just in my own world, just navigating this. And I think in the beginning I was a little more talkative, but I just remember being really quiet throughout the whole labor. Extremely. Okay. So that's accurate. Yeah. So Brendan's just here to keep me on track. (laughs)
1: Well, the the truth is, is that I probably remember more of the
0: The chronological
1: timeline of what happened because Catherine was just, you know, it uh, it, uh, we when you talk about state elicitation right stepping into a state yeah Catherine was in an altered state of consciousness as is every pregnant woman and it was for so long when you add altered state of consciousness plus sleep deprivation and energy drain i would say in the beginning stages you probably remember a lot more but as things progressed your yeah. concept of time probably is really warped. Oh, and I think we're so going to uncover that as we get yeah, into yeah, this. Yeah.
0: yeah, And I remember being super nauseous and I already threw up like maybe two or three times by this point. Yeah. I did not want to eat anything. Like I remember buying so many snacks and being like, I need to stay hydrated. I need to eat a lot um, because, you know, when you're at home giving a home birth, they're not limiting how much you can eat because it's not a hospital. Like, they have that rule at the hospital where you can't eat anything. And so Lori keeps bringing me, like, watermelon snacks, this, that, whatever. And I'm just so nauseous. It feels like the first trimester again. Um, after the walk, I remember going into the shower. And it yeah. was after this part of the shower where I started to get really emotional. Mm-hmm. And I started to process trauma. And I remember starting to process a lot of my mom's birth because what I was thinking about was how surrounded I was by love. And it was just Lori and Brennan together. And I was surrounded by so much love. And I just thought about how my mom would always tell me about, you know, her birth experience, me coming out into the world and how she was getting yelled at and how she was being told to shut up. Like, it's not that bad. Like my mom gave birth in Ukraine and you know, the practices there, at least at the time that I was born, just ain't the same as even here in American hospitals, let alone a very loving space created in a home birth. It is just a whole nother world. And I was just processing that. And then I started thinking about every single mom going through this. Then I started thinking about um, moms who have like abusive partners going through this and not having that love and support. And I just started sobbing like I remember in front of the sink, just sobbing and sobbing. And Lori, Lori's like, this is good. Just let it out. Just let it out. Just let it out. Cause Lori's so informed about like trauma and things that get processed in birth. She's amazing. Like birth is spiritual, emotional, physical, mental to her. And she knows every single corner of it. She's done like over 1500 births. So she's like, oh, this is perfect. All right, great.
1: And meanwhile, I'm over there. This is like the first time of about... 20 times in this birth process, that I think that we're to use a sports analogy in the you know the fifth inning or the sixth inning, like we're getting close, like we're gonna call the birth team, like things are progressing. Yeah. Catherine's getting emotional, Lori, here we go.
0: Yeah, Lori was like, At some, and, I think only an hour after this, yes, Lori looks at me and she's like, You're in transition. And
1: she told me to call everyone,
0: yeah, and call the photographer, the videographer, call my mom, call. She was like, I'm going to call Abby and Johanna like we have a whole squad coming.
1: And to roll things back just to understand the concept of time here. So, you know, Dr. Rad came to our apartment around seven or around eight or nine o'clock. Right, Catherine?
0: Uh, the night before. Yeah. Like nine, p.m. like
1: nine p.m. And he was there probably for an hour, hour and a yeah. half. Yeah. So he left around 11, Things really picked up between 12 and one. We're now talking about. It's 11, like 11, no, like 11 AM, 10, yeah. 11 AM, because I called, uh, the photographer, the videographer and, and Lori called the whole team around twelve thirty one.
0: Oh my God. Okay. Meanwhile, I'm still in the shower and can I just shout out our shower in this building? Like we have a lot of complaints lately about our building. It's just, it's just a sign that we need to get the hell out of here, but One thing I will say is that the water never went cold and I spent a total of 10 hours of my labor in that shower, maybe even more, maybe even 12.
1: I am not energetically available for myself or my wife for anyone to leave a comment or a rude post about how much water we wasted in this climate (laughs) environment. I
0: was thinking I just
1: want to say I know not everyone has access to clean or hot water, and I understand that. But in this instance, that 10 hours of straight water flow saved your butt. And if you didn't have it, I don't even know what it would have looked like. Yeah.
0: And I will say – this is now active labor like my contractions are coming every 2 minutes to 3 minutes they're intense i'm sometimes screaming through some of them and unfortunately hypno babies as you guys have been um seeing me talk a lot about doing babies, doing hypnotherapy, I think I'm going to do something different next time and work with a hypnotherapist one-on-one because when I work with a hypnotherapist one-on-one, I seem to get better results um, versus a recording that I've been listening to because I think it's just more custom and tailor-made. Um and I might even bring the hypno hypnotist or hypnotherapist to the birth itself to help me through that. Like now I'm like, I'm like creating my birth team for baby number two. Because in active labor, it just wasn't working for me. No. In early labor it was. In active, it just it was not working for me. And you would keep telling me the cues and keep imagining and it would aggravate me. Yeah, she when got you, pissed. I would get pissed when you would remind me about yeah. hypno babies. <laughs> so yeah. anyway.
1: Can I talk about the partners for a second? Because it's a delicate balance. Too. Yeah. So your partner's going,
0: Oh, yeah, I was telling you to shut up during contractions. I was like, you can yeah, talk in between, but shut yeah, up yeah, during yeah, that. Yeah.
1: So, like, like you gotta have thick skin. Like, just listen. Like, you're your martial your emotions are important, your perspective is valuable. You are human, you are allowed to feel things, you are allowed to not like the way that your wife talks to you. And you better shut the hell up when your wife is pushing out a baby, because that shit is not on the same scale. Physically, as the emotional scale of being told what to say or what not to say. So, like, I didn't take it personally. And Catherine and I have a really unique relationship. Like, you know, sometimes we joke a lot, we're sarcastic, we banter, we're fun, like, we love life together. We love loving each other. And some people get triggered by that. Sometimes they, you know, the people have left comments like,
0: saying yeah. that Brennan is an abusive husband and I'm just not realizing it yet. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> just like, just crazy. Honey, I know what an abusive husband yeah. looks like. I grew up with one. Yeah.
1: Just, just, <laughs> just, just, just shit like that. But my point is, is that Despite that, in this moment, I knew that I needed to just let her say what she needed to say, let her direct, let her dictate, let her tell me what she needed, and what she didn't need and so and that that's actually a theme that's going to come up later on in this story as well, but you know for me, it was just simply being aware that like I could tell the hypno babies wasn't cutting the pain out. I could tell, and I kept trying to help you get there, and I think you honored me I know you honored me because I know that you knew I was trying to do, to help you and do the best that I can. I think I in the end, I did extremely great mm-hmm. job of helping you, yeah, but it wasn't the vehicle,
0: yeah, theme
1: alert, theme alert, it was not the vehicle. To get us there that we expected. It was a different yeah. vehicle. It wasn't the hypno babies, it was other things. Do you agree with that?
0: Yeah, I will say I'm so grateful. My the way my intuition works actually is in times of deep distress, I have images that flash in my head. And I was having an image flash in my in my head of a specific hypnotherapist that Um, Abby was telling us about Nina who works as a doula, but also does hypnobirthing. And literally in my head, I just kept seeing her and I was like, I need to hire her next time. It's a little too late for that. But, um, it's very interesting because this will also play in, um, towards the end of the birth where I have more images flash where I just couldn't ignore them anymore. So, okay. What time? Okay. No, no, no. We're about noon. We're about noon. Okay. So (laughs) I remember this, um, The photographer and videographer show up, I think like 30 minutes apart or whatever. And the photographer comes in and I just remember like just seeing someone I've never seen before because I've never seen a photographer before. I just hired her because she works a lot with Abby and Lori and I love her pictures. And of course, Abby and Lori have the best vibe and they know the best people. So of course, I just trust this photographer. And all of a sudden, I'm naked in the shower alone. And I just see this woman come in with a camera and just start taking pictures of me. And it's so interesting because many of you might think like, oh my God, isn't that annoying? Like, didn't that bother you? And If you've ever given birth before, in that space, you don't give a fuck. You are naked. Like Abby has this joke, my midwife, that the next door neighbor can come over and offer to help and you would just be like, yeah, sure, just start helping. Like you would just, you wouldn't care. There's so many people. I remember one of Abby's assistants, her student midwife showed up and I just remember being like, there's a new person in this room and I really don't care, but I'm just like, I don't remember ever meeting this person because I never met the student midwife. Um, and I think like Amelia, our assistant came in at some point and I'm like, w- what, she works this late. I was just so confused anyway. So <clears throat> where was I going with this? People started coming. Oh, People started coming. So the photographer, videographer, and then all of a sudden. I think before the videographer showed up, it was just a photographer, Brianna. And all of a sudden, I see people frantically cleaning the bathroom. Oh, yes. I'm so why? glad you didn't miss this story. Yeah. Why? Why? Why were people cleaning the bathroom frantically?
1: <sighs> okay. So here's the scene. Catherine has been in the shower with great water pressure and hot water now from about 11 to midnight. It is now like noon or like one. Okay. Noon, one, one fifteen, something like that. The shower has been on her effectively the whole time. And Lori and I have been going back and forth of massaging and rubbing, spraying the water. So literally imagine a large shower. That's like not, you know, the ones that you step into. It's not like that. It's just like, it's on the ground. So you open the glass door and you step right into it. It's a beautiful shower. Great in the space actually. And so we close the door. There's room for two people in there, even though it's not two shower heads. So Lori's in there massaging Catherine, rubbing oil on her, and then really just we were taking turns spraying her. So we were running hot water all over her so that she could focus on holding the combs and not smashing her head into the water pipe. (laughs) (laughs) Which I know she wanted to do.
0: Oh, my God. I wanted to hit my head so hard.
1: (laughs) I know you did. I knew you did. And so anyway, but but at some point, Catherine, also, we got like an enormous pink exercise ball, right? And that exercise ball was in the shower. And someone, I think Catherine, threw a towel in the shower.
0: Oh, because I wanted to. The ball was rolling. No, no, no. No. The ball was fine. um, But it was when I wanted to be on my knees Ah. and hover over it, like lay like lay on it, but do the have roll my, things. Um, No, just like be in a different position. Uh-huh. I needed something to cushion me. And so I took a towel and I was like, this is perfect. But then what ended up happening is I clogged the drain.
1: No, she just covered it. She didn't clog it. She just covered the actual drain. <laughs> and so I all of a sudden walk in and realize there's like an inch to an inch and a half of standing water, like not in the shower,
0: the whole bathroom, like the whole and it's a big bathroom and
1: it's a big bathroom and it's stone. And I start freaking out and I, but, but of course, you know, it's birth, so we can't freak out. So we got to just be like really calm and cool. Um, and we like dumped towels on it. And finally, I think I had the best I, Brianna, sorry. The
0: photographer helped.
1: I had the best idea eventually, once I figured it out, which was, I got the, I got the Swiffer, the <laughs> Swiffer mop, but without the Swiffer part. So just like the squeegee part. Yeah. And I was just sweeping basically the, the water back into the shower and um, I'm
0: just watching this in between contractions. Just like, I'm like, Catherine, it doesn't matter. Like the rug is ruined. It's okay. It's pissed on by the dog so many times. And like, I was just having these thoughts and I was like, no, no, no just stay in the zone, just stay in the zone. And then I would just like, the contractions would distract me. Long story short, the bathroom got clean. There's just no rug anymore. It was in the bathtub. And I remember everything from the floor because I have like storage baskets got taken out. Um, and then I, I would say like an hour later after this, Lori says, Abby's here. And I remember, first of all, Lori's been to 1,500 plus births. So she knows what a woman who is about to push a baby out looks like and sounds like. So she would never tell Abby to come unless it was serious. Like Abby comes when you're in like six, seven, eight centimeters dilated.
1: And even more so, going back to my story from earlier, Lori also knows when you're not advanced enough for her to be there yeah so this is just a confusing conundrum that we are in
0: well we don't know why it's confusing yet we don't so know let's why it's there. confusing yet okay so abby comes in she checks on me she starts doing the fetal monitoring in the shower again i'm still in the shower i want to say 90 percent of my birth footage when we put the video out is going to be me in a shower um and and,
1: and shout out really quick just want to say uh We have an amazing, amazing water pressure and an amazing tank, and it's amazing. However, if you have an amazing bathroom fan, that takes humidity and steam out of the air in the bathroom.
0: Wait, we had a dehumidifier this whole time that you could plug in.
1: Please be grateful for it because Catherine was not aware, but all of us, it became a sauna in the bathroom <laughs> for like sixteen hours. We were all we would go in there and sweat people, like Lori literally almost she was like, I'm gonna pass out. Like, can you go in there? Like because our our one fan is like not very nice or like not very advanced. I mean, so it's not sucking the air out. Yeah. And the door is closed. So it's I was dark. Cold. And because it was dark uh, for you for your birth yes, space. Yeah, I had so, candles. Yeah, it was like a whole vibe. It was like candles everywhere. Roses. The music was playing roses so we kept the door closed and like not let the 2 p.m light in but we were all dying of the sauna
0: did abby came after my mom right
1: abby came first
0: okay okay so abby's here no i think my mom came first
1: yes your mom did come first you're right
0: so Lori was like uh girl you're about to start pushing your mom needs to get here my mom had like a vet appointment or something that was like a very serious appointment that she needed to go to, but she decided to cancel it. She comes, Lori kind of shows her what she's been doing to my back in the shower. My mom gets in the shower with me. Um, and so it's just like a moment between me and my mom, which was so, so special. Like, I'm so glad I invited my mom to my labor. And I know that, you know, uh, Lori and Abby for so many people don't recommend parents or moms to come to births because they tend to bring their own shit to births. But like, Lori is very intuitive and so is Abby and Lori especially was like your mom needs to be at the birth because I just feel this connection between you guys and I feel this connection between her and the baby and I feel like this is going to be really healing for both of you guys and I was like you know what I think you're right and of course we have such a great relationship with my mom she came on our baby moon okay to Greece so we have a great relationship with my mom love her she was an amazing postpartum doula to us like incredible so my mom comes and I, and then I remember like an hour after that Lori says, Abby's here. And I was like, she was like, do you want to get the tub ready? And I was like, yes, get the tub ready. And so they start setting up like you start setting up with everybody. Do I'm- you even
1: remember that I set it up in the wrong spot?
0: In the wrong spot? Do you know that? No. What do you mean the wrong spot? <laughs> <laughs> what did you do out there?
1: Well, we tried to connect it to the tub and we were, we actually connected oh, it to the break tub. I break the tub. No, I didn't break the tub. It's not what happened.
0: The thing happened again. No, no,
1: no, I Right. But that's not what happened.
0: And I got so upset. I thought you ruined my bathtub. Birth yeah, I know. I know you did. I knew you I did. Like, I was like, oh, fuck sh- it. I'm delivering a baby in the shower. I'm, like I'm never uh, getting out of the shower yeah, no, ever. I mean, <laughs> that
1: was like the never ending shower. Um, uh, So, no, I, I connected it to the bathtub. But the problem was, and I wouldn't have known this unless I had added the hose. This is the funny part. Remember they said test it all, but they don't want you to actually run water through the hose. Right. Yeah. So like I connected it to the bathtub and the water works, but the hose was kinked because the length of the thing and the hose hit oh, the bathtub edge. So it was kinked, mm-hmm. but we ended up just taking it off and then taking it to the, 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 other the shower. podcast MB headquarters, uh, bathroom and just connecting it to the shower. And then it was perfect.
0: Yeah. Because when you said, no, the bath is ready. I'm like, Oh my God. I thought like my <laughs> birth tub was ruined Because I saw you kind of being like, oh, this isn't working from the corner of my eye. And I'm like, great. So I come out. I have a whole squad in the room.
1: Hold on. How many people are there at this point?
0: There's eight total with You,
1: me, me, Lori, Abby, uh, Abby's assistant, Johanna.
0: No, no. Abby's assistant wasn't there yet. She came later.
1: They came all together.
0: Oh, what the hell? I never saw her until like exercises from hell part
1: no they were there they okay. all arrived together okay. Okay. okay let me take this part Catherine brennan lori elena katherine's mom um brie and brianna abby johanna and i can't remember her name but the 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 be- lovely girl that was um
0: emily. lovely woman
1: emily that's right emily. yeah okay so there's nine people and maybe amelia too i'm not sure i'm not sure no not yet point. Okay, there's, nine, there's two nine dogs. It's like 2.30 p.m. 2.30 p.m. No, two. later. Okay, 3.30 p.m.
0: I mean, you're asking me. I was in labor.
1: What part of the story are we talking about here?
0: When I go to the to the bathtub.
1: That's about 3, 3.30. Okay. So about 3, 3.30, there's nine people in our house and two French Bulldogs. Yeah. There's a lot of people, um, but it's all really good. Like everything there's is
0: music. There's beautiful music. There's roses everywhere. The in space the is
1: immaculate. It's perfect immaculate perfection. Vibes. It is a, like
0: this is the birth of dreams. It
1: is a sanctuary. <laughs> baby daddy crushed it. Baby daddy crushed it with help. Uh, baby mama, uh, you know, created the vision for it. And actually a beautiful part of our life. One of our dear friends and someone who works at manifestation, babe, Vicki, um, it created this amazing nursery nursery space that became this sanctuary yeah. for the tub. Yeah. And so it's like amazing. We're ready to go. Like, let's get this baby out. You've yeah. been through enough. You're I hurting. I was having
0: contractions like a minute apart. There's nine
1: people. Brennan's got two lenses like primed on all the the prime spots. Like, let's see this baby come out. Let's go.
0: Yeah. And- okay. So I get in the tub and then I start having contractions. And I remember Lori checking my butt crack because you can see with the butt crack, like where the baby is. Apparently it's like a trick and they're asking, do you feel pressure? And I started to feel pressure in my sacrum and they were like, do you feel the urge to push? And I was like, I don't know. And I'm like, I feel like it's going to hurt to push like and they're like, you have to lean into it. So with every contraction, I remember feeling like a little pushy, but not like that sensation that people talk about where you got to take a dump. Like now, like there's a poop coming out and that's typically the baby pushing on, you know, uh, your perineum. And you're just all the, all the freaking organs and coming through the vaginal canal. And like, basically the head is like about to pop out that feeling never got it. I think like an hour, hour and a half goes by mostly Brennan and my mom stayed with me. Um, the rest of the birth team kind of went in and out. Cause I remember like sometimes looking around the room, there's no one in there except for you or except for my mom. And then sometimes I look around and like Abby's back, she's checking me. I'm in roses. The water's getting a little cold. I don't like it as much as a shower. I kind of wish I'm back in the shower, but what if I'm about to push the baby out? I don't know. And I'm getting thrashed. Okay. I don't know how you guys would describe it, but like internally, I am getting thrashed with nonstop contractions and I'm not even getting like a break in between at some point, but nothing's really happening. And I remember Abby looking at me and she's like, do you want me to check you? Because I didn't have any cervical checks whatsoever up until this point. Um, mainly because midwives, they don't do too many interventions. Um, and number two is like how much you're dilated before you go into labor. doesn't matter right until you're in labor. That's when it matters. And also GBS positive. I chose not to get antibiotics at home and so to be very, very, very careful, again, my water has not broken. We still thought there was a small leak, but it hasn't fully burst. We thought it was like a high leak. So the baby was still protected from any GBS infection or anything like that. And so at this point, Abby's like, do you want me to check you so you know how far along you are? And I'm like, yes, please. And as she's checking me, I, in my head, am thinking she's about to tell me I'm like nine centimeters and all I have to do is maybe wait one more hour of like this hardship. Yeah. And I'm so exhausted. I'm like about to fall asleep. I remember dozing off in the shower in between contractions and almost falling off the ball. That's how exhausted I was. And um
1: This is this is too like one of the most beautiful spaces of this entire birth was leading up to this moment. Like, so primarily it was myself and Catherine's mom, Elena. Um if I call her Liana, excuse that, it's the same Liana Elena. Um, and um we're both basically just like imagine hanging your arms over the side of a po- of a blow-up pool wall and like either touching your head, touching your back, splashing yeah. water on you, holding your hand.
0: Yeah. And
1: you're basically effectively doing the same thing inside the pool, laying outside the walls and just moaning. And Not the kind of like sexual, let's get it on moaning, and (laughs) not like I'm birthing a demon moaning, but just like, God damn, when is this going to end? Yeah. Kind of like, like soft whimpering,
0: agonizing. Breaking down crying crying many times. You
1: were crying. It was, you were, you were in agony, but not in that like super, I don't know how to describe it, not in the way that like, I, we, we had to get I wasn't you.
0: chaotic. No, you weren't springing. chaotic. You nah. were just
1: like, it was, it was consistent and elongated yeah. in this state of like suffering, despair,
0: like transition. If you've ever yes. had transition, like i Felt like I was in transition for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. So that's why Abby's like, can I finally, do you want me to check you? And I was like, yes. So she starts digging in my vagina. I remember that. It's super uncomfortable. I didn't realize how uncomfortable that was. And then she kept going further and further up. And I just remember thinking, okay, his head's not that low, right? Because she's going so far up. Mm -hmm. And then I can just feel her like on my cervix. And she's not really saying anything.
1: It's dead silent in the room It's dead
0: silent in the room. She's not saying anything. She pulls her hand out and she's still not saying anything. Yeah. And I'm like, please tell me I'm nine centimeters, right? Or something like that. I was hoping for
1: like six.
0: And she was like, so you're a four. And as soon as she said four, I broke down crying. Like instant sobbing. And she's like, wait, 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 wait. Let me finish. Let me finish. She's like, but you're fully effaced. Means like your cervix is paper thin. And so it can like dilate at any moment. Like you can go from a four to a 10. It's super thin like you, you got this. We just need to get like, the baby is just not descending because I am bouncing up against his water bag. And Dr. Rad said, I have so much fluid, like more than average amount of fluid. And so he's literally in a water balloon and he is not putting enough pressure on my cervix to dilate, even though my cervix is soft enough to dilate. So she was like, there's a couple exercises that we can run you through to put the baby in the pelvis. And she was like, I will admit that they're very uncomfortable. You're going to have to hold them throughout contractions, um, but it will get the baby to descend. And I'm like, okay, like, let's do it, whatever it takes. So I get out of the bathtub and start what I call to this day exercises from hell. And Abby even said one of them or two of them or something she's never had to do before. So I am like the prime fucking candidate for these exercises from hell, where literally Ab—I think Abby does it first, and then my mom or Lori does it. Right? It was it was Abby and Lori. So
1: it was all of us. 10, it was, it was It was like all. There but was a this lot of specific people. pushing
0: yes. on my belly. So there's a exercise where I am putting all my weight kind of on Abby. Let's just use Abby as an example because she started it. And then she's lifting my belly and pushing it in like from the bottom. And I have to do a pelvic tilt at the same time as I'm having a contraction. And she said that we have to do this 10 contractions. So finally we get through and she's like, okay, the next one that we're going to do is you're going to lie on the dining room table I need to like, I'm gonna attach photos because I have photos of all of this to like an Instagram post or something when I when this podcast episode goes live, just so you guys have reference to what is going on. It's just it's gonna be somewhere, maybe on a highlight. Just pay attention. Okay.
1: It may also be in the YouTube video.
0: That's true. There's gonna be a YouTube video. Okay, so you guys are gonna see all of this in action. So I'm on the dining room table, my back is flat on the table, but my legs are hanging down. So literally I look like I'm doing a backbend. And I have to hold that for three contractions. And I don't know what – are they pushing on me or yes, something? Yes. Are you – Oh, my God. I had my eyes closed. Like I was in agony. Oh, my
1: God. Okay. So this one was the worst. My and mom
0: said this traumatized her at this so
1: point. <laughs> and, and, and you know the irony is, is I wonder as much as there was a videographer here uh, and I was videoing as well, um, I wonder if there's no footage of this simply because it so. was so traumatic for all of us. <laughs> Like you can't just like film and watch something. It's like It's not this. like
0: traumatic, as in yeah, like no,
1: no. It's not something like something
0: bad is happening. It's, not. it's just it's just it's
1: hard to be. It's hard to force yourself into that painful state. Yeah, I
0: had to for- really lean into the most intense pain I've ever felt in my life, yes. and like willingly lean into it. Right, exactly. It's not something. It's like something I made more intense by yes. agreeing to these exercises. Exactly. But it's supposed to move the the labor along.
1: So think about it like this. Think about uh, imagine holding like a cantaloupe. And then a ho- imagine holding a f- your other hand is in a fist and that cantaloupe is sitting kind of just up against that fist. What they were trying to do was efe- effectively press the cantaloupe just over the top of the knuckles of your fist. To basically kind of f- slide down that gradient, begin yeah. that next like s- like basically pop over the ledge and then and in. get him into the
0: pelvis. And so yeah. what
1: she, they were laying her over the table and then actually pushing the bo- the baby's oh position God. to try to get him over that lip, which you probably didn't even realize because you were in so much pain. No, but the idea, I was just
0: focusing on my back not breaking. They were
1: bending you to push the head. <laughs> Forward to to like you know that like that feeling when you're when your joints crack or like yeah. something slips? Yeah. It's like or like an earthquake on yeah. a fault line. They were trying to get the baby's head to how basically my fault water, line over. How did
0: my water not break through all this? Because you this have so much
1: collagen in your we need a sponsorship from whatever collagen provider that is, but that's <laughs> a different proteins. story.
0: Wait, I didn't tell you what Abby, because I wanna insert this right now. Abby, on our post- first postpartum visit, she said, do you want to know the truth about when I checked your cervix? Oh,
1: this, this, this. And I
0: was like, what do you mean the truth? And she was like, when I checked you, I had to put on the biggest poker face because, Catherine, you are a one centimeter. And the reason why I said four is because I could open you to a four, but baby only dilated you naturally to a one. And I was like, my effing G. Okay. So, all right. We're done with this exercise from hell. Three contractions. Now we go to my bedroom and we do two more variations of exercises from hell. They're a little bit less helly. I think you this
1: out of order in your brain.
0: No. No, I don't. This I remember for sure.
1: Because you did something in bed before you came out here.
0: No, we did the standing. We were in the bedroom, but doing the standing. Oh, and then Lori took you back to the bedroom. Yeah, Lori took me in the bedroom and she showed me the last two exercises that I had to process through like between three to six contractions. And my mom was there with me. It was just like me and my mom alone in the dark. And all I wanted to do was go back in the shower. And so when I was done with these exercises, Abby came back and checked me. And remember, she said I was a four, right? So I don't know what I actually was at this point. After this hour from hell, even more, probably two hours from hell, I only dilated one extra centimeter. And at that point I was like, FML, I'm going to the shower. Like that's it. And so I was like, guys, can I go to the, and I remember um, this cervical check made me like bleed a ton in the bed. And I just felt really uncomfortable and, and sore and it increased my contractions. So I went back to the shower. And I'm in the shower, and I want to say this is like 9 p.m. at night. I wanted
1: to give some context because I think you got in the bath, the bathtub, around five. So the the weird thing is that the time warps in your brain, but yeah. the, but the whole team got there around one. So this whole like from shower to bath to the hard news to the like that was four hours.
0: I think of it's that. 9 p.m. at this point.
1: It, it at the point that you were done with at the point that you went back into the shower yeah was around 9 or 10 p.m.
0: yeah so so
1: she got the ba- the ba- the bad news we all got the bad news that just crushed us all um around five or 6 PM.
0: Yeah. That he was not moving down.
1: And then we kind of, I would say just did these tactical maneuvers. You know, it's funny. I, as a guy, I used to love to watch the discovery channel. My parents didn't like have like, uh, I don't know what you call it like cable TV. Uh, so I just had like all the public channels or whatever. And I think discovery was one of them. And so I would always watch like the Navy SEALs hell week. And so like, you know, Navy SEALs hell week Oh, I
0: had my hell week. <laughs> yeah,
1: no, like Navy SEALs hell week. They do this insane stuff, but it's not just like the pain and the torture of it. It's like the, peop- they know humans can do this. What they're looking for is for people who don't give up at any cost. Uh, you know, they they fight through everything. They just keep going. They don't give up. And I remember watching these exercises and thinking to myself, oh my God, this is like, this is like what the Navy SEALs go through. You can very, You can do this physically. The question is like, how much pain can you tolerate in your brain in order to get to progress? Right. So anyway, we're at 9 p.m. at this point and we've done the exercises this hell week. Let's just call it hell week. Hell I night. think uh,
0: this I just know because I was told this, but maybe you can share a little bit about this. Let me just share my perspective first. I get in the shower and my backup OBGYN, Dr. Paul Crane, who we got as just an oh shit doctor. Like I just wanted in case of an emergency, if I'm going transferring to Cedar Sinai, probably for an emergency C section because that's the only way I would transfer, right? Right. Is because you can't do everything at home. So something happened. Right. Something and so happened. Yeah. Right. I was like, I want Dr. Paul Crane to be there and nobody else. Like I don't want some rando who's at Cedar right. Sinai that night. Um
1: so we actually Doctor, met with we actually met with him prior to this. Yeah, we had uh, a whole we had a whole appointment. He
0: agreed to be my my backup, and he even him. jokingly
1: said, "Hey, I hope I never see you again."
0: Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, Doctor Rad asked Abby if he can come observe a home birth, and thank yes. God he didn't come. Right. Because and he actually came after the baby was born. Okay, yeah. we're, we'll get there. So in the in the shower. I know that the birth team went to go, like, make a plan of, like, what's next? Like, what, what are we going to do next to progress this birth?
1: And you got and anxious.
0: I – no, no, hold on because I don't know any details yet. Uh. I know that um, when I – okay, when I said my intuition, like, flashes images to me and distress, like, solutions, that's how I get answers. I start seeing Dr. Paul Crane's face. And the whole time I'm like, Catherine, don't you fucking dare give up don't you dare go to the hospital. Don't you dare get an epidural. I started like shaming and judging myself for even having those thoughts. And I was just so exhausted at this point. Remember, I haven't slept already. So we're over, let's see, 9 to 9, 12, uh, 24 hours, 9 to 9, 36, 9 a.m., and then 3 a.m. So I'm awake for like 40, 44 hours now because I'm counting from 3 a.m. the day before or two days before now. And so literally, I just keep just seeing- just,
1: just, just so everyone tracks that from 3 a.m.
0: Wednesday, the, the
1: morning before the, the on Wednesday morning, that no, whole sorry. Day-
0: Thursday, like like 3 a.m. Thursday. Right. Yes. And then I didn't sleep that whole night. And now we're on the next night. Right. So I still haven't slept. Right. Yeah. And I'm getting thrashed. <laughs> my contractions are like every, feels like every 30 seconds to a minute. And I start getting back labor. Yes. Oh, my effing G. I asked my mom to come in the shower and ram her fist into my back as hard as she could. So my mom, like for hours, was just ramming into my back every contraction. And I was like, great, cool. And I kept <laughs> seeing Dr. Paul Crane. And I'm like, no, don't give up. And I remember you came in the shower and- you were just like, Catherine, you can do this. I know it feels like you want to give up. Don't give up, blah, blah, blah. You're like trying to encourage me. And I remember getting really aggravated because I just, all I wanted to do was just go to the hospital at this point. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, what are people going to think? I already was processing like, oh my God, people on social media, what are they going to say? I was such a big proponent of home births, blah, 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 blah. Like, what the fuck? Catherine, don't have those thoughts. Those are bad thoughts to have. Um, and I remember really judging myself. And so- Next thing you know, Abby comes back to tell me like what our options are because in the living room where the real party was, you guys ordered pizza, I think did you guys like have you guys had a whole like restaurant meal out here for the birth team like there's like i come out here uh during exercises from hell and i just see like food boxes snacks drinks like it's a whole party out here so apparently abby was like calling her aunt um who trained her to be a midwife she was inspired to be a midwife from her aunt they were on the phone with dr paul crane they were on the phone like all the doctors every expert that they know everyone who could give any sort of advice of like what to do because water bag was so strong it was preventing baby from from uh from um dropping and from dilating me so i just was not progressing and i was literally in pain like i was in transition about to push but i was so far from pushing you guys it was ridiculous
1: so it's like a it's like a it's like a um An exponential or a logarithmic scale, so it's not like linear. It's not like if you're at one centimeter, then from zero to one centimeter is the same. From one to two centimeters is the same. From from three to four centimeters is the same. It's more like zero to four is much more similar. Five to six and a half is similar. And then seven, eight, nine plus is a whole different universe. And
0: it can change. Like you can go from one to 10 in an hour. Like it's just you just never know. But this is like, we're speaking very generally here from just what I've heard from other people in labor. So, um, Abby comes in and she's like, we have three options. And I think you're in the shower with me. And she was like, we can just let things progress as is and let the, let the water, uh, pop on its own, break on its own at some point. Who the fuck knows when that's going to be because it hasn't broken yet and it's been 30 hours, you know, but let's just keep going. No, it's been like 24, 25 hours now. Whatever. Let's just keep going. Um, And she was like, we can also break the water at home. But in order for us to do that, to avoid cord prolapse, which is a very dangerous thing where the cord comes out before the baby's head and the baby can pinch the cord so it can get pinched pinched between the cervix and the baby's head and cut off all um, oxygen to the baby and you can lose the baby really fast that way. So that's why they don't do that Typically in home births, they want the water to break naturally on its own because if you break it, then you are risking um, many different things, one of them being cord prolapse. And I always knew, like from the beginning, I asked Abby at our very first appointment, I'm like, I'm terrified of cord prolapse. And she's like, okay, don't worry. Here's how we would do it, blah, 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 blah. And she was also telling me, she was like, you know what? Like, I asked Dr. Rad because he did, thank God we had an ultrasound that recently. In the ultrasound, he did not see the cord below the baby's head. So the 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 likelihood of it happening is very low, but you never know. She was like, it is a big intervention. I will admit it. Like, we have to be extremely careful. It's going to be about a 30-minute process, and you have to handle all the contractions in bed. Like, you have to lay flat on your back, which is the fucking worst for me. Like, the only way I could handle contractions was on my hands and knees in or standing or sitting in the shower. Yeah, only mostly in the shower. And she was like, we would have to like keep our hands up your vagina and like literally direct the baby's head very slowly. Like we would not use a hook. We would just do a puncture and let it slowly leak out over 30 minutes and just direct baby's head to come down to the cervix and then hoping that he would start dilating you. And
1: it's just gently guiding. So it's not even your hand. It's like they have their hand up there, but it's really, they're just guiding his head with, with, with their fingers Because as the as the fluid leaks slowly, rather than pops, the fluid is draining out, and that is pulling him closer into the cervix, and they're guiding it just to make sure that there's no cord there. Right? Does that make sense? Yeah. And then and then, but then here's the kicker: not only are you going to get contractions in bed for thirty minutes that you like hell in bed for thirty minutes, Navy Seal Hell Week Part Two. But there's another piece, Catherine, too, which they said when they when they when the baby has been high and they they break the water, the contractions become oh, massively strong. Yeah. She was stronger. like, it's gonna be much
0: stronger. And I'm like, are you effing kidding me? <laughs> and that's
1: because when the baby's head hits, imagine like it you landing on a landing pad. Right. Like as it nestles into the cervix, it basically just triggers the whole system to be like baby's head, baby's head, time to eject. And so it surges the the natural oxytocin, which is what is going to push the baby forward. Yeah. Out.
0: And then the third option, she was like – I forgot what the third option was. Anyway, there's three options. I didn't like any of them. I was like, I'm exhausted. Number two, I don't want to risk cord prolapse at home. I'd rather risk it at the hospital. Like, let's go break my water at the hospital. And number three, I forgot what the third option was. But I remember um, Abby went back. Brennan was in the shower with me. And I looked at Brennan and I was like, I want to go see Dr. Crane. And he was like, are you sure about that? And I was like, yes, Brennan, I'm positive. (laughs) Like I remember just being very aggressive because I suppressed that desire now for three hours. And so I was like, I am ready to go see Dr. Crane. I want to sleep, like get me an epidural, put me to bed and it'll help me dilate because as of right now, I'm so tense. I'm so exhausted. I literally can't do this anymore. Like I'm just, I, I can't. And Brennan's like, no, you can, you can remember you're most likely to give up right before things are about to happen. And what's, what I'm so grateful for is like listening to this intuition, even though it was so against everything I wanted, it was so against my birth plan. You know, I believe that babies choose their birthdays and times. And the fact that Orion didn't show up for another 12 hours after this meant that I would literally be at home no matter what we chose to do for another 12 hours. More than,
1: more than. More than. Like 10 10 p.m. to 10 a.m. plus like... It's like it's like No, because
0: this was around midnight now because okay, we left for the hospital okay. 1 a.m. Sure, 14
1: hours. And whatever. he was
0: born at 2 45 the next day. So 13 and a half hours, I would have still been in this. So I am so glad everything worked out so beautifully. Um, but of course, I felt like everyone's gonna judge me. You know, I have this whole squad at home, and all of a sudden I'm switching the birth plan. The photographer, videographer can't follow me, Abby can't come to the hospital, Lori, thank God can. But, um, anyway, I just made my decision. I was like, I don't care. You know, I would, I was spare you the judgment in your head. Yeah. I'll spare the judgment. I'll spare the shame. I remember you telling the birth team what I wanted. And then Abby came in and she's like, Catherine, no, no, no,
1: hold on, hold on, hold on, girl. You're jumping all sorts of stuff. Cause you, this is, so what happened at this point is I had to fight you in terms of, I was poking you to see if you were serious. So the way I described it was, is this a pain mask? Mm -hmm. Or is this the real thing? And the craziest part is my intuition was actually screaming to me. When you said that the first time, the weirdest thing happened, and I talked myself out of it, I I knew 99% that you were serious. But 1%, I wasn't sure if you had just reached your pain threshold, and it was a pain mask. And what I mean by that, guys, is that when you approach transition in the end you put like pain will make you everyone do different asks things. For an epidural everyone, everyone, <laughs> everyone gives up. Everyone wants to give up. Everyone wants to just like, you know, I, that you hear the phrase, I can't do it. I can't do it anymore. I can't and then do the it baby anymore. Comes out. And then the baby comes out. And so for me, I was, I was a warrior. I was, I was prepared to fight for the birth plan uh, no matter what. And I, Felt in that moment, it was my job to convince her that she could do it and that she was capable, and that we were almost there. It was almost going to happen, and but she just gave me this fierce uh, uh, rejection of that, and I'll never forget. There's two things that you said to me. The first was, and this s- struck a chord with me so deeply as you said, you know, I don't, I don't feel heard. Yeah. And you said, I don't feel heard. Mm-hmm. And that to me was like, it didn't immediately in that moment when you said it to me, I was I was honestly like kind of like hurt and pissed because <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? Like I'm advocating for you. I'm so here for you. I'm fully present. I'm fully in this. I'm showing up for you, right? And you said that to me and I, it, it upset me and hurt me at first. And then I processed it over like the next few minutes. And I realized that, you weren't being heard. Mm-hmm. I I needed to just take the risk and not project what I thought you wanted, but instead listen to what you needed in your process. Yeah, and so you know, I went back and forth, and I talked a lot with the team. I talked privately when you were still in the shower. I talked with Lori <laughs> what and Abby I'm still and in the Johanna. shower. <laughs> like I talked to them all about the different options. I really wanted to understand each of them. And at the end of the day, I came back actually to convince you that we should break the water and do the intervention at home with Abby because it was an intervention but it was more the way you wanted it and that was when you were just like Brennan get me to the hospital like I I I see Dr. Crane I need you to show up for me I need you to hear me right and and I don't know when you said this. I'm I'm not sure if this was later or now. I can't remember. But one of the hardest things in this whole process for me, and who cares, you know, who the hell am I to talk about what was hard in this process, but was that when you said to me that you were worried about being judged by me Mm -hmm. was so hard for me because I don't, I mean, I love all you guys listening, you know, all the people who are part of our world, part of our community, part of our mission. You know, care about manifestation, babe, care about Catherine and I, like, we are so grateful to you for everything that you provided uh, in our life and the co-creation that we are on together. And I truly don't give a shit about your opinions about how we have birth because this is our decision and our choice. And the outpouring of love and support at all, you know, no matter what has been so incredible, the, the, like the birth shame or mom shame comments have been like a millionth of a percent of what I expected. Yeah. But I just, I say that because just this was, happened. this was our decision. Um, and, and so for her to feel shame about that, I didn't care. I would have been, talked her off that, but for her to feel shame by me, like for her to feel Cause that, you kept like,
0: encouraging me the whole time,
1: I, like I just know keep going it's okay. I know. And it was so, it broke my heart, but that, that really set the stage. I went through an identity shift in that moment. I don't know if you saw the transformation. I had to get to a place yeah. where I was ready to go full hospital dad mode, which by the way, completely unprepared for, uh, if you're going to have a,
0: prepared us, if
1: you're going to, I wasn't still, I still was missing things for myself. Yeah. But
0: that's your own fault it, because it, two <laughs> weeks prior, I asked you to pack a hospital in bag.
1: my identity. Hospital bag or not, we were not going to the hospital. And I would encourage anyone to think about all eventualities. So anyway, yeah,
0: just so you never know,
1: we're at this point. Finally, Catherine says, you know, I don't feel heard. I feel like you'll judge me. And finally, I just had to to just evolve. And I went and told the team, I said, listen, she wants to go the epidural route, epidural route. I you know, she wants to go see Dr. Crane. Um, and I'm going to support her on this. I know this isn't what her plan was, but I also know my wife. I know, you know, I don't know what she's going through, but I can tell it's real and she wouldn't be acting this way if it wasn't a hundred percent what she wanted. So we're going to go that route. What do we need to do to make that happen? And everyone went into action. So yeah,
0: Lori called her BFF, Dr. Crane. Yeah. Lori like runs Cedar Sinai. It's hilarious. We'll get to that in a second. Okay. So we just had to pause this episode because the baby woke up. So instead of just trying to finish this all in one day, Brennan and I decided that we're going to leave you off with part two. So look at this as part one of the birth story and... Make sure you tune in to part two of the birth story coming up in the next podcast episode. If you guys love this episode so far, have any thoughts to share, want to share this with anybody else that is interested in listening, of course, we always appreciate you sharing this episode, leaving a review, and of course, tagging me in your Instagram stories. It's my favorite thing in the world to see your guys' feedback, to see what you guys took away from the episodes. And I'm super excited to put my birth story out there. So this is part one of Orion King O'Keefe and tune in to the next episode for part two of Orion King O'Keefe where we get to the hospital. And trust me, it's not over. There's still so much that happens, so much to share. It is so good. So until next time, I love you guys so much and have a beautiful day. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. If you absolutely loved what you heard today, be sure to share it with me by leaving a review on iTunes so that I can keep the good stuff coming your way. If you aren't already following me on social media, come soak up the extra inspiration on Instagram by following at manifestationbabe or visiting my website at manifestationbabe.com. I love and adore you so much and can't wait to connect with you in the next episode.